Hello and welcome to the Respectfully podcast. My name is Nikki Pope and I'm your host for this hairdressing conversation. My guest for this edition is Richard Ashforth. He is the co-founder of the Seiko Group and international creative director. He is also the Alpha Path Milano Education Ambassador for UK and Ireland and is as comfortable on stage as he is in the salon and in the seminar room. So Richard joined me for a conversation on one of the hottest weeks of the year this summer. Apologies for the noise of the air conditioning unit in the background. I hope you will understand it was just not an option to turn it off. Richard, welcome to the Respectfully podcast. Thank you very much. It's an honour to be here. Pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you. Well, we're delighted, especially as we are currently undergoing such a heat wave here in London where we're recording this. So yes. I think anybody showing up to anything is a bit of a win. I know, I know. I'm sat, I'm sat, I'm sat in my office in London, melting slightly, trying fail, <laughs> failing to get the humidifier working. So. <laughs> Brilliant. Does the weather have an effect on salon business or not particularly? I think it does sort of maybe short term, doesn't it? I think maybe you get a blister yeah. in the hot day out of the, out of the cold, then people go, oh, do you know what? I'm going to go and sit on Hampstead Heath. Uh, you know, I'm going to spend my day getting highlights done. So you currently have, how many salons are in the group, in the Seiko group now? We have 12 in the group right now. And, but they're not all UK based? They're not, Canada, they're not. Yeah, they're in Canada, they're in France and Denmark and um, Taiwan and Hong Kong and Korea, Russia and, and Ukraine, which is a sort of a, a, de- a, delicate, a delicate topic right now. Yeah, difficult. Mm, yeah. What do you what do you do? Stick a hairpin in a map and decide where to open, or is it because you found the right people in the right places, or your team travels? Yeah, that's, that's a good. That's where I'm going to be. a good question. It's more much more about the right people in the right places, I guess. You know, I've, I'm I'm sort of um, old enough and ugly enough to have met quite a few people along the way, and you know, some of those people you sort of you you, you make a, a a good relationship with. You know, a sort of a. a you know, not a super close relationship necessarily, but a, a certainly a long-lasting one that, you know, uh, we will stay in touch over the years. From my, I guess from my Sassoon days, I was there for a long time and met a lot of people back then uh, as, as well. And, you know, eventually sometimes somebody says, you know what, I, I really want to be involved. I want to, you know, I want to change my business or, you know, I guess, I guess we all have those moments, don't we, where we want to make a shift and sometimes yeah. you're included in that I guess and does so what is the the Seiko aesthetic what what is the brand in terms of sort of creativity what, what is it that people are buying joining into buying into I, I think the thing that interests me is I, I think there's a sort of an eternal pursuit of something that's to, um, trying to distill things down to the simplest form you know the purest form I think that's been um, a, a lifelong kind of pursuit um, and but I like things that are a little bit sort of perhaps off kilter you know something yeah. that's a bit a little bit darker um, I'm not I'm not so um, not so pretty in, in things right. beauty is really important to me and suitability yeah. they're, they're always kind of a, a, it's very very central um, but trying to put a slightly I don't want to say sinister, but something uh, something a little bit odd in place right. somewhere. So it's, it, you know, 
it's a little provocative to make you sort of look twice or something yeah 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 that's a really lovely way of putting it and i will steal that um (laughs) but yeah yeah so something um i think that the the things i've been interested in over the years have not necessarily been um the, the the prettiest things you know i think everything from you know i don't know sort of man ray and Tim Walker and people like that who are taking pictures I think that there's always a slightly strange world that they enter you know a bit like McQueen yeah. with fashion yeah. and you know it's, yeah. it's still done done with great integrity and great precision but there's something a little bit something that makes you question things the the thing that underpins it I guess is is technique so kind of a quite a solid technique as I mentioned my, my sort of background was Sassoon so that that was a big part of my sort of my learning um, and it's still something I you know I really hold dear and I think that's what that's I think that's where people find the um, the language you know when we're when we are doing partnerships and things like that with people it's, it's, I think it's that that aesthetic you know this the, the clean yeah. aesthetic that that draws people in yeah sort of um, you know, like-minded souls, I guess, you know. Yeah. So how do you, how do you sort of, or do you keep a hold on that? How important is it with, with 12 premises in, you know, nearly as many different countries? How do you communicate the aesthetic or how do you sort of keep a watch over it? Or do you not? Are you fairly hands-off or how? Tell me I, how that no, I, I, I like to think I'm hands on anyway. I mean, I guess they might tell you otherwise, but I, 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 to the point where I'm not, I'm not sort of getting on everybody's nerves. But I just try and communicate what I'm doing with everybody and encourage them to communicate what they're doing. We have pro set training programs that we all um, adhere to. If you're a new person coming into the, any of the, the salons, they have to go through a program, um, and then we do ongoing training. You know. Right. So collection stuff that we we update uh, everybody on every year, and then and different classes available all through the year at, at certain points through the year. I I do three times a year. I do classes in London for two weeks, and anybody can send anybody to the classes. Yeah. Um, and I train them myself, and then, and then I get to travel around as well. And we do some we do some stuff individually you know with the with the salons it's a nice way to bring everybody into london to sort of grow that that company spirit so education's i've known you working in lots of different ways with with different sort of names and different um companies but education clearly is something that still sort of motivates you and the new role or or the relatively Mm. new role with alfpath milano as their educator for the uk and ireland it, would you? Is this a passion? Is this a? How would you describe your sort of affinity with education? Um, I, I, I've always struggled with the word passion, but because it all sounds a, a sort of a, a little bit too um, over the top. But I am. I guess I am passionate about it. Really, when I think about it, you know, I was over the years. I've had the, I, you know, the privilege, and I've been blessed to to be taught by some amazing people, and and. And people, it's not necessarily been their job to teach me. They've just, they've just yeah. um, given their, given me their time, and 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 shared their own knowledge, you know. And I, I really value that. And um, you know, if I, I think if I think about it too hard, it can make me quite emotional because I, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't be in anywhere near the same situation I'm in now yeah. had it not been for 
a few people giving me just selflessly giving um, their their time and their knowledge to me and I think that's really when I moved into education out of the salon that was really what motivated me to to, to want to make that shift um, and I, there's, there's still no greater satisfaction than watching that those wheels yeah. turn and, and suddenly something clicks and you know you've made a difference to the way somebody thinks or approaches something or you know and it whether they're young or old you know we, we've 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 all probably got holes in our in our game somewhere you know and if I can if I can help you know bridge a few of those little gaps then that's it's a it's a great thing for me you know and um, and it's a nice way to, to make relationships within our, yeah. our profession as well I think that's something that I guess over the years I've, I've, I've really come to value you know I've met so many amazing people yeah. too and then when you when you're educating for a brand when you're educating for for alpha path is there a dis- difference in how you might do the education or are they sharing the seiko education i guess that's yeah yeah i, th- I think that that i think that's what they they um they're interested in um mm. fundamentally is, i guess it's it's our approach to things but i've i've just spent a, quite a chunk of time doing some um uh, development of, of um, the next generation program that Alpha Path have, and re- revamping that, and you know I'm going to try and add some additional elements to that as through the the, the course of time. Um, so that's very much their thing, you know. I guess with my my perspective on it, yeah. Ne- next generation, it's called, and it's uh, it yeah, it's a, a sort of a nine level program, nine step program. Yeah, it's got nine haircuts fundamentally. New generation being what the sort of perhaps newer, younger. I guess it's aimed initially at beginners, but you know anybody can jump in at any point because it's all core information, you know, sort of foundational stuff that's that's valuable at any any point, isn't it? Um, and that's something they they've introduced to underpin um, the the profession. Um, and yep. help educate their salons. Because and... I was going to say, what do you think in your, you know, just sort of a, an open question to somebody who's been in the industry for a long time, why why is it important that manufacturers, that brands offer education What rather than leaving it to the salons and the actual training academies? What do you think a brand can bring to something? I think they can bring a, a wider perspective for a, for a start. I think they have a broader reach uh, and can bring in different people that can perhaps help individual businesses, you know, things that you might not have access to as a salon owner. Um, and and perhaps not every salon owner's had the chance to get the education they would like or the experience or knowledge to educate their own team either. So I think it's important that they're, they're stepping in there and, and offering that support. You know, I, I guess whether you know whether whether it's, it's that you take them up on it is 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 your own your own decision. But I, I think it's really important that product companies are underpinning the business. It's it's a you know it's a cyclical thing, isn't it? You know, every business yeah. wants to succeed. Every manufacturer wants those businesses to succeed because they're going to sell more products ultimately. Um, so we can't we can't dress yeah. it up as anything different than that other than the way that it's done and how um, how passionate that manufacturer is 
in building relationships yeah. and and following up on education that it's not just something that's written in, down in a in a brochure and dropped off at a salon and said you know yeah. if you fancy any you know give us a shout it's about what yeah. do you, what do you need as a business yeah. what is your business you know how can we help you um, so I, th- I think to address it on a personal level and try and um, give you some sort of prescription if you like for how you can be supported as a business I think is is where where it counts you know and I, th- I think Alpha Path yeah. really yeah. really do that yeah brilliant so on the subject of training and education what are we going to do with the industry where we have this sort of current vogue for people leaving salons and sort of flying solo and, and going alone which is quite alarming um, I think it will swing back but it might take a few years for people to come back because as those of us that have ever freelanced or worked independently know it's not always as straightforward um, or as rewarding consistently and when you want a holiday and you realise you're not going to get paid for it and things like that but, yeah. but it is going to take I, I suspect a couple of years to to swing back do you think it's up to the manufacturers to try and reach in some way the sort of independence or or do we need to sort of I don't know any any ideas I'm just asking everyone <laughs> yeah I, it's a tricky one isn't it because I guess it's you know from a manufacturer's perspective it's a revenue stream isn't yeah. it that and e-coms become such a big part of our business that you know individuals are buying online and um, I guess that makes up quite a, a large percentage of sales across the board I think conversely though I don't think it's helpful to our industry to kind of promote that that way of working I know it's a, a, a reality a, a new reality a new normal if you like um, but much like yourself, I think it will swing back yeah. because I think we are we're that sort of animal where we want to be part of a team. And if you, particularly if you're creative, um, it's it's always beneficial to to be around like-minded people and to to be able to bounce ideas around and, and you know just collaborate. You know whether that's on a day-to-day basis over a client or whether it's on something you know a little bit more extracurricular I think it's I think those people that are on, on their own I think they must miss yeah, that I think you need to be very resilient and, and resourced I think it's certainly there's room for it and I think it suits some people I think yeah. it's that um, but yeah it, it, it is tough do you think there's space for well I'm talking about the UK specifically because that's the market that I know best but perhaps with your with your a more global view do you think that it's up to salons to perhaps take this as their cue to evolve the way we work and the way we expect our teams to work together because there is an argument for saying well hang on a minute you know perhaps it's time that we stopped assuming that you know people had to work three weekends out four and, and that kind of thing yeah, no, I think you're 100% right. We need to update uh, our perspective on, on how we're operating, for sure. I guess a, a, a lot of salon owners are of a, of a different generation and they've grown up with a perspective where, you know, everybody was expected to stay until 10 o'clock every night, you know, doing models after work and, you know, really, really kind of committing to, to that, that process. Of, uh, of, of being part of a salon, you know, and things aren't like that anymore. And um, you know, I think yeah, we we have to adapt. You know, I think um, we can't ignore it and pretend it's not happening. Yeah. Um, 
because that that'll be detrimental for everybody's business. So I, I think, I think like you say, it's a, it is right for some people, not right for everybody. Yeah. Um, and those people, it's 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 not right for. Um, you know, that's stepping outside that. Then I I think they'll find their own way, perhaps of um, of finding a, a sort of a creative connection with people you know because I guess essentially that's what's missing you know a little camaraderie you know Um, and you know events like yours where you're doing open chair and things like that are great opportunities aren't they to to do that too Um, I think it well it is and so I mean gosh the live things are what really motivate me as much as anything and which brings us nicely to talk about noise which is your your event you've had gosh quite a long time now 10 Ten, ten years, years. This is year, it? King. Ten years this year. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so my my perception of noise is it's sort of almost like a guerrilla style event. A sort of pop up, you know, right? Take over a venue, you know, get a load of like minded people together. Very sort of, um, you know, open brief. Do what you want. Is that a fair? description that's, yeah that's about the top and bottom of it <laughs> there's there's not much more to it than that I mean it's you know it was it was 10 years ago I did it as a sort of an off-the-cuff yeah. event you know I just realized there was a few people in town and yeah oh let's do something somewhere to interesting go. you know ju- just for fun you know and um yeah so Tim was there Tim Hartley just to make to really share the excitement with it really you take a venue which isn't necessarily a hairdressing venue which i love it's a sort of pop-up venue. it could be a club it could be a warehouse it could be you know uh yeah an art, art gallery uh, yeah old photo studios we've done them all over yeah. the place um yeah so we we do that but we don't tell anybody where right. it is and then um over about at the course of a month before the event we start to drip feed the, the information only on social yeah. media we don't do it anywhere else and um, in the run up the close run up to it we start to give details about oh it maybe it's in this area maybe a photograph of a bus that goes past the venue that sort yeah. of stuff and then a few hours before we po- we post the, the location yeah. um, so, so everybody knows who's going to be on so it is a show and there are different artists one after the other mm. um, but it's got that sort of you know raw energy event I don't know it's not it's not being unconventional for the sake of it but it's often putting people together in on a roster that you might not see or visitors uh, if if Mm. it's because quite often it's the same time as perhaps maybe another expo or another something's happening in that city to bring visitors in isn't it so you'll sometimes have have yeah yeah people who are are dropping in who'll take to the stage and yeah certainly in London and and in Paris we tend to do it to to align with the big trade fairs there so there's you know there's a collective of people there's sort of a pool a pool an audience pool if you like uh and we we try and do it on a day as you mentioned we don't we we try not to to clash with anybody else's events so um in London we do it on a Saturday night it's tricky though. Will you do it this year? Do you think? Yes, I think so. I went to see a venue last week, oh. and I think we we are signing on it today. Wow! I think. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be exciting. Wow, um But but yeah, it's all, always like a you know, there's no seating. It's it's much more like going to a gig, I think. Yeah. Than, than going to a hair yeah. show necessarily. And do you have do you have sponsors? Do you need sponsors, or is it a Seiko underwriting it? Yeah. It's a Mr. and Mrs. Ashforth sponsored event, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Bring bring your own bottles. So, <laughs> except well, almost. Yeah, the first one that we ever did, we set up a bar 
the first one was a, 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 a beautiful disaster because we arrived at the venue we'd booked and after about an hour of being there setting up the actual landlord who hadn't let it to us directly turned up and didn't know anything about it because the third party agent had let it to us and he kicked us out oh, no. and we had to move everything like an hour and a half before mm-hmm. um, two hours before to a different venue that we you know we fortunately we could yeah. find and um, yeah that venue wouldn't let us sell any alcohol oh, no. so we ended up we ended up just giving everything away that night so that was quite the first one was a um, it was fantastic but quite an expensive yeah. exercise but it was yeah it's difficult but it set the tone for all the others but really. I quite like sometimes you know if things force you to make decisions or force you to try things and uh, I think that's one of the things that I particularly like about the hairdressing industry the kind of people working in our industry are pretty open minded I think about events you know and will come with you I've often found um, in starting things up that actually there's an awful lot of yeah. um, interest and support in, in trying new things yeah. and I, I quite like that I quite like mixing things up so what what kind of keeps you you we've touched on a, on the education and the, and the business and, and the noise event but sort of generally speaking you know you've you've earned your stripes in hairdressing you're established what keeps you motivated what keeps you hungry that's a good question isn't it I, 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 yeah I'm, I'm not always super motivated I'm going to be really honest I'm not always motivated towards hair um I have moments, uh, particularly kind of like through lockdown and things like that, I really struggled, you know. Some Did people you? found Yeah, some people found it a really like creative period. It was exactly the opposite for me. And I really have only... Because you, dis- you, because you discovered the joy of not having to do things, or do you think it was running... I think running a business during COVID was, yeah. was a different story. I think if you had the responsibility for teams and salaries and yeah. people's welfare, I think it could, was quite hard. I, th- I think that was it actually you know I think that was I've always sort of been lucky enough to have somebody to help take care of that side of the the business primarily you know to have to deal with the day to day and then you know yeah. to, to be confronted with that and everybody's you know well-being you know that you know we care about everybody deeply don't they that we work with and we have a responsibility and I, I think that was a it was a massive worry you know not I guess not only for my own situation and my own business but you know family and the and the you know the, the, the broader picture and um yeah i thought so I, to be sort of creative in that period was a, a non-starter for me i tried yeah you know, I, I ended up building bikes and things like that and yeah just to take my mind off things but um yeah. but yeah since since then i'm really only now i'm, I'm going to be honest with you and say only now am i feeling kind of motivated again and driven yeah i'm feeling somewhat inspired and you know, wanting yeah. to really sort of you, to push things forwards. And has that come because you're feeling a bit more confident that we have, re- that we are on the road to recovery? Or do you think you just needed time, I don't know, to process it all? I know I'll put my hands up. I spent two years being very angry with the world, with what the hands that de- fate had dealt us with. Yeah. Yeah, but I d- we all went through that, I think, didn't we? And, you know, that, that I guess when you, you look at it on a sort of, you zoom out a little bit and, you know, you look at the resilience that everybody's in our industry has, has managed yeah. to, to muster. It's really, you know, it's it's heartwarming, isn't it? It's um, you know, it's a, it's an amazing thing. You know, there's some super positive people out there. Thank God for them. Yeah. You know. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So, so, so back to the sort of question, but the looking forward bit. So you yes. feel a bit more motivated now mm. to do what? To do you have a plan, or are you just feeling like okay, now I'm ready to put a plan together? Or what I'd really like to do is this. Have you got? Specific I feel like I'm I'm more ready to address things and try and push things forward. Where I think I've been busy trying to make sure the status quo was stable. You know. Um, yeah. And we, you know, I've got quite a gregarious business partner called Aldo, and he lives in in uh, Montreal in Canada. And if you've ever yeah. met Aldo, you won't ever forget him. But <laughs> he he's always been kind of quite fearless, and you know, I and and always I I've maybe been a little bit more reserved, but he's always pushed me to be a little bit more um, um, experimental. Maybe is the words yeah. you know to take a few risks and to you know not be afraid of failing I think my you know generally my my sort of outlook on things is, is to try and make things a little bit perfect um, you know whether that's a haircut or I don't know whatever it might be and he yeah. certainly inspires me to not worry about you know failing yeah. um, um, and, which is uh, a great skill actually it's, mm. it's a great skill that you have to kind of nurture don't you this sort of you know paralytic paralyzing you idea that you know i'd rather do nothing than risk failing yeah. something yeah which a lot of us have as perhaps a default position yeah um, yeah and i think that's what I, I defaulted to you know and now i feel like i'm maybe back to a point where i'm prepared to take the, the risks again and and you know in, for whatever whether that's in business or whether it's with a, a haircut you know yeah get out there and I've seen you doing um so on the sort of competition circuit if you like I've seen the is it the hair fashion live yes been, yeah. been yeah. quite involved with for for a couple of years now yeah the Spanish so tell me about that that's a Spanish um owned yeah owned yeah they're they're out in the in the Canaries and um they it's 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 a lovely group of people really you know wonderful bunch of humans and they run this event, and it's it's it's, it's very different. Um, yeah. The the, so the it's, win- like, it's like a competi- It's a competition, isn't it? That you enter, but then once yeah. you're part of it, they actually you actually do do shoots and yeah. You go out there as, as yeah. You go out there and you 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 do a seminar. That's kind of the last thing that you do. But before that, you do maybe a couple of shoots. Um, you know, maybe one in the studio, one on location. Lots of dinners and just and having fun and <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's really different, you know. And and I think they're all about building a, a community and a family. And you know, yeah. you, you see the same people go back there for these events. Maybe they won two years ago. The invitation yeah. always goes out to, to previous winners to come back and yeah. join in, you know, help, assist, you know, whatever it might be. And they're, they're, they're building quite a nice momentum with that I think you know but they're, they're lovely people you know so yeah it's, it's I think it's, it's Orlando isn't it Orlando yeah. Martin I think yeah. yeah that's right so do you which brings me to another question you know this sort of idea of sort of more glo- a global take on hairdressing if you like perhaps do you think how does this sound to you is it a bit old school to think of the UK different countries the rest of the world as all being sort of separate Industries, or do you, do you think that now we really should be taking a more global view of hairdressing and not worrying about you know 
the awards for this country or the awards for that country, but just regard it as an open... Yeah, that's... People, what's your take? That's interesting, isn't it? I think, like you say, I think that, you know, the whole awards thing is, is now much more international, isn't it? Um, yeah. So people must be more outward-looking. Um, I still think every country's different, you know, on a, on a street level, you know, yeah. on a salon to salon level I think it's different but I think people are more uh, interested you know that sort of access to information uh, I, I guess it's it's inevitable and it's irresistible that everything everything's out there isn't it for us to, to kind of to plunder and and yeah. you know see see what others are doing and how they're doing it and yeah. you know do I like I it do it's I not quite like exciting. it yeah it, it's something that we've sort of seen over over the last sort of 20, 30 years, if you like, um, when I came into hairdressing in the 90s as a journalist, it was very much sort of UK hairdressing leading the world. And, and the claim was that we had the best hairdressers, which, you know, probably wasn't far, you know, I think reasonable to make that claim. And obviously the hair heritage in the UK. But actually over the last two or three decades, I'm not sure we could say that anymore. 